Wedding bells and wedding marches, receptions and well-wishers, cake and confetti, words of hope and promise, through sickness and in health, for better or for worse, till death do us part. And yet for some couples, marriage is a romance in which the hero dies in the early chapters. who was 19 at the time and another daughter was 17 and it was my son in fact who told me that I should leave because uh, very funnily I was I came back from watching uh, Shirley Valentine one night and he said to me what did you think of the film mom and I said it was good I said but uh, those kind of things don't happen in real life I said you know in real life people stay married because you know that's what they set out to do and he said well what about you and I said well you know I'm married he said but are you happy and I said well you know I'm, I'm just I, I keep going or I'm not too bad he said he said do you love dad he said and I said no I don't and he said well if you don't love him you should leave him and I think that was the reason that that was what actually gave me the courage to say that I'm doing this mm. and I that was the it was the, the one, the push that I needed. I was almost 24 when I met the man I married, and that was eight years ago. And at the time I met him, I'd just come out of a long-term relationship with a man who, which had ended very suddenly and very badly from my perspective. And I met this man very soon afterwards. And after a very short courtship, we got married. And after a few months, it, it certainly didn't feel right that we had rushed into something, I'd rushed into something with a person that I did not know very well and the more I got to know him, the less compatible I found that we were. It's very hard now to remember the happy moments but there were very happy moments and I'm still very fond of my ex-partner, you know, because we went through a lot together and we had a lot of good times as well as the bad times and there weren't that many bad times really either. Finally, uh, when he came to me and said to me he wanted to leave, it was still a bolt from the blue. Because, uh, as I say, it had never seemed that bad. Things hadn't been that good, but there hadn't been any major rows. So I c couldn't really comprehend what was happening. And I think it's, you know, it's in common with most people that the person that is left behind actually doesn't know why for a long time. And they can blame an awful lot of things, but when they sit down and look at it from hindsight... Uh, they should have been able to read the signals as they went along. Two people get married and if there are difficulties in the marriage, uh, two people will have um, emotional problems with that. And very often it is thought that only the woman suffers. But uh, in our experience, a man will suffer equally uh, the trauma of a marriage breakdown. And uh, whereas you can hear people saying that... Uh, you know, uh, he, I had a terrible life with him, I hated him, he was this, that and the other. We must remember that at some stage things must have been going well because after all they did get married in the first place and there must be some qualities in everybody which attracted us to them in the first place. But sadly these qualities have gone now or the love has died and uh, that separation is something that uh, is facing both people.
Well, to begin with, when, when you talk about they get married and they are in love, very largely what's happening there is it's like um, the old story of Narcissus looking into the pool. It's, it's almost like falling in love with yourself because you see in your partner maybe all the attributes and fantastic things that maybe lying dormant in you, but they are being lived out by your partner. Now, as, as the honeymoon phase gradually um, settles down and uh, you begin to live a normal life with your mortgage and maybe a pregnancy and so on, um, your partner becomes a normal person. You withdraw your projections. So you withdraw some of these uh, ideas that you had projected onto them and you begin to see them as a normal person. And suddenly they begin to have irritating habits that any human being has, but because they were perfect before that while you were crazily in love, now suddenly you see all the little uh, nitty-gritty things of humanity and of living. The first crisis in a marriage is probably the birth of a child, where uh, two people have been together and suddenly it's three, and they're not giving each other all the attention. There's another tiny little person in the middle getting all the attention, so they're feeling a little bit, left out. And that can sometimes even be related back to a time when uh, in your when you were a child and your next sibling was born and you suddenly weren't getting all the attention from your mother. That all comes back up again and you're feeling neglected. That can be the first crisis. And that can often be a time when um, young men might have an affair or affairs or flings or whatever because they're feeling neglected. Um, Another crisis is when children begin to grow up, coming to come into their teens and they're suddenly doing all the things that you used to do and that you've not, you're not any longer doing. And you see them going to discos and going out with the gang. Um, and that can make you start thinking about, God, it's great gas out there and what am I doing sitting here? And again, it can be a time when there can be difficulties in a marriage because maybe the woman is quite happy to be where she's at and the man is kind of saying, come on, we'll go to a disco down to Leeson Street or wherever and the last place in the world she wants to be is sweating it out down at Leeson Street. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then when the children leave home, that's equally a big crisis because a couple are thrown back on each other completely and if they haven't developed over the years a companionship and interests, then suddenly there's nothing. There's just the two of them sitting there every evening having their dinner and what are we going to do? So they need to work. Actually, marriage right through from the very beginning is work. It's not a, it, it doesn't all fall into place. And I think that's the difficulty that young people still maybe think before they get married, that it is all just going to fall into place. It actually takes quite a lot of hard work, quite a lot of giving and taking, um, a lot of discipline in maybe denying yourself sometimes. And that doesn't mean that you have to be a martyr. It just means that you have to not be so completely selfish as you were when you were single, that there's a time to give and a time to take, you know, and, and if you can manage to get that right, then you're probably going to do all right. Fran Dean, who is a relationship counsellor with the Marriage Counselling Service in Grafton Street, Dublin.
Over 20 years might seem a lasting time for a relationship, but it was after such a length of time that Louise opted out of her marriage. Now, I met him when I was around 19, and unfortunately I got pregnant, which, you know, is something that happens in life. And I decided that the best thing to do was to get married. Not because I felt as if I had to live with this man for the rest of my life, but I felt as if it was a practical, obvious thing to do. And so I did get married. And I think that that's where it all started off. I think, in a way, it was one of the things that coloured the nature of the relationship that developed between the two of us afterwards. Because I always felt as if somehow um, I had made a decision which involved somebody slightly against their will, almost as if they had been inadvertently drawn into a marriage rather than it had been something that they would have chosen to do themselves. And I think straight away I was setting up a pattern of appeasing and pleasing somebody rather than creating a sense of what my needs were or what I felt would happen in, in certain situations as the marriage developed. But I did, I did play a very strong role. It would appear as if I had a dominant role in the marriage. I, I brought up my family reasonably well. I didn't cut off and there was a sense of communication about what was happening and like there was no obvious huge um, disparity in our temperaments or, or we had the same points of view on a lot of things you know we had a lot of things in common that we could discuss or talk about but there were other areas where there was a lot of difficulties you know that were hidden didn't emerge too much and that I didn't talk that much about because I felt that I had to make sacrifices or that this was part and parcel of what it was about. <laughs> so I just continued on. I soldiered on. And then at what stage did you decide that you really didn't have to make sacrifices? Um, a, a number of things happened in my life. I think one of the, the main things that happened to me in terms of personal development was that I, I started working on a full-time basis. And when that happened, I began to value my own life in terms of my own self-worth um, and that I could succeed in being having a sense of independence, financial independence, and that I could have relationships with other people outside of the one major relationship in my life, even though that was the one that featured most, and that I could function at that level. And I think that I began to, also the fact that my two eldest children were getting quite, you know, moving out of primary school into secondary school, were getting more independent. I began to be able to not be so practical about everything and have to get, look after all the nitty gritty of things and that I could stand back and say, you know, give myself more time to think and more time to myself as a person. And I think from then on I began to make choices for myself you know, that weren't necessarily based on shoring up uh, a marriage which had to protect the needs of children. And um, I think gradually I began to listen to other needs that I had and became more aware of them and began to realise that I wasn't really satisfying certain needs that I had in myself, or at least that I was, I was treating myself very badly as a human being by not 
by adjusting too much to circumstances rather than seeing was it was it really expressing what I was myself as a person. So I I suppose the fact that I began to move in an adult world as opposed to just being a mother had a large influence in, in my eventually leaving my husband. Because, you know, the the you're thrown in and in amongst adults and that sounds very strange I know but when you've been a mother for a number of years you retreat from the world and you're not aware of the hurly-burly and the cut and thrust of life and the fact that you know you have to sometimes defend yourself against other men or that you know you're you're not involved in the possibility of other sexual relationships and when that begins to emerge you begin to question your own and I think that's where the real truth lay with me, that I began to be aware of the... I had to face up to the fact that there were certain aspects of my marriage that weren't really good for me as a person. And so I did face up to it. And although I never really wanted my marriage to break up, it became inevitable after a while that it was going to because it wasn't satisfying my own personal needs. It was... It had outlived its usefulness. It was only I probably a week before I left that I or before I told my former husband that I wasn't going to be involved with him anymore. That was it took it was about a week beforehand that I made the decision. Up until then I ignored the onslaught of the world around me and pretended it didn't exist. And that these facts of life were really something that you fought against rather than accepted. But they were, they were definitely, it was hammering away at my life, you know. And although I was never, I wasn't, I wasn't leaving my husband to, to live with somebody else. I knew that um, living with him wasn't right for me. So. I now, was, did it come as a great shock to him that you decided to leave when you told him just a week before you actually left? Yeah, I did. He was totally overwhelmed by it. I mean, he was stunned. He couldn't believe that such a thing was happening to him. He had been, had no inkling of it. He he thought it was too abstract a, a, um, a point of view to express that it should have some basis in reality. Well, it did have a basis in reality, but um, not an obvious one. But the real one was that I was breaking down under the strain of being married, and I would have been completely destroyed by it if it had continued but that type of argument didn't hold water I mean the kind of argument that holds water is one where you say I'm having an affair with somebody I have to go you know I don't love you anymore I love this other person and I wasn't saying that I was just saying I don't love you anymore and perhaps I never did and it was a real uh, blow to his ego you know it was quite a harsh thing for him to have to accept and I was aware of that fact right up along which is one of the reasons I didn't want to do it but I did 
because I, I knew I had to. And was it very traumatic for you then, having to leave? Yes, it was extremely. It was it was extremely distressful. I think that I took it harder than he did, because I am not used to making. I, I, it is very difficult to make a decision in a vacuum. The kind of decision I made was based on uh, a gut instinct that I had, and it wasn't based on any path that I wished to follow. I hadn't any certain um, immediate needs that I had to satisfy. I wasn't going. Up, I wasn't going into anybody's arms you know I was actually making a statement about myself and saying I have to change but I had I was totally um, at sea as to how I was going to do it so I was constantly making new decisions about myself as as an independent human being I was always um, in a position where men were attracted to me and always uh, kind of trying to live with my own uh, personality or whatever it was. Some couples seek counselling before they split, some don't. Others seek private legal advice and others still come to help groups such as the AIM Group for Family Law Reform. This Dublin centre offers support, legal information and a referral service to women and men with problems in the area of marriage breakdown. Mary Therese Naismith is the administrator of the AIM Group in Dublin. When they come in to us, if they, we would refer them to marriage counselling if they haven't already go, gone to it. A, a good number of them would already have tried marriage counselling. Uh, another a, a fair number of them would have wanted to go, but the partner wouldn't go, so there's no point except for themselves to get counselling. But if the two of them have agreed that they are about to separate and that that's the way they're going to go, we would always recommend that they go through the mediation way. There are three ways in this country that you can separate. You can separate through a legal separation agreement, through the judicial separation in the courts, or through mediation. Now, the judicial separation is costly. You're in the circuit court and we're talking a minimum of £2,000. If you go for legal separation agreement you are into an adversarial system. You have two sets of solicitors, both solicitors trying to do the best for their client. But the best for the client not always is what they would like for themselves. So the third option, the mediation option, would be one where at least they have some control over what's going to happen to their property, their children and things like that. In mediation... The, the couple will come and in the presence of a trained mediator will work out as far as is practical what will happen to the house, to the children, who's going to have the children, what the custody, the access will be, uh, what's going to happen to the family home, what's going to happen to any property they have. And at least they have some control over the way it goes. And that process takes four to six weeks. And the problems that cause marriage breakdown? In our experience, uh, the main problem 
would be a problem of lack of communication. Uh, we ask our clients uh, what would have been the problems in their marriage and communication is one that comes up all the time, followed by uh, alcohol, um, financial problems, personality disagreements. But it is amazing to us the number who will say it was a communication problem. I think you will find that a woman will say that the husband is out working all day, he will come in, he will sit down in front of the television or he will pick up the newspaper and that they never have a proper conversation. A lot of uh, men, uh, when they get married, seem to be under the impression that they can carry on the same sort of lifestyle as they did beforehand and maybe go out and uh, have a night out with the lads. Um, this is all right uh, in the beginning of a marriage where there are no children, but when the responsibilities of childminding come up, um, some men f would feel that they're entitled to go and have their night off and leave the wife in. First we were strangers down from our luck and both. Somebody once said that the honeymoon is over when he phones home that he'd be late for supper and she has already left a note saying that it's in the fridge. For Sharon, the honeymoon was over after months for that's how soon she opted out of her marriage. I was almost 24 when I met the man I married and that was eight years ago. And at the time I met him, I'd just come out of a long-term relationship with a man who, which had ended very suddenly and very badly from my perspective and I met this man very soon afterwards and after a very short courtship we got married and after a few months it, it certainly didn't feel right that we had rushed into something I'd rushed into something with a person that I did not know very well and the more I got to know him the less compatible I found that we were he was a very good man, he was a very supportive man, he was a very generous man but he just wasn't the man I should have married um, we had married in a registry office, neither of us were believers or, or practising. Um, and we managed to set up a registry office wedding very quickly. Um, it was seven months later that I left that relationship. Um, he would have stayed and worked at it. He would have gone to counselling if that's what I wanted, if I felt there was anything worth staying around for. But I knew after a short time after the marriage and I was even more certain of it at the seven month stage that it wasn't going to continue it was not the way that I was going to live my life um, and so I left Well did you walk out suddenly on him? No, he, he got the signals and we had started talking about how it wasn't right um, about some of the shortcomings in the relationship about um, some of the ways that we weren't supporting each other that if we were a more compatible couple, we would have. We were aware of the problems, but I certainly feel, and even looking back now, I still find that those problems were insurmountable. They were just basic personality problems, um, that we had very different needs in a partner than either of us was providing for the other. But were there mental and physical problems? It was, it was mostly personality, I, I think.
Was the breaking up very traumatic for you and for him? Well, at the time of leaving me, obviously, it's a, a fairly selfish time because you have to think of your own needs. And very luckily, it, there were no children of the relationship and I thankfully was not pregnant either. So it was just the two of us we had to consider, which made the decision a lot easier for us than it would have been for lots of other couples. Um, also, we'd no joint property, which was a, a major plus. The, my ex-husband had already owned his own house. Um, so there was none of that kind of thing to be sorted out. So it was basically like, are our needs, needs being met? And if not, what should we do about it? And I felt that my needs certainly were not being met to such an extent that I felt the only way to improve was to get out. And we knew, um, like I left in the April, we knew from the Christmas that things were wrong. We knew there were problems. Um, it was, very, it was very difficult for me, but it was only after I'd left for some time that I actually sat down and talked with him about what it was like for him. Um, it was, it's very difficult to acknowledge to yourself that you've made such a big mistake, and that's probably the first major hurdle, that I had to come to terms with my, this myself, that I had made the right decision. I had made a very foolish decision in going into the marriage, and that's something that I was going to have to live with. Um, but I had made the right decision in coming out of it. Um, and once I started coming to terms with that, I was able to start telling people, because I didn't tell people for a long time, um, and I'm sure lots of people were wondering the fact that I wasn't talking about what we had done the night before or where we were going over the weekend, and that lots of people had picked up on the signals, but I didn't actually verbalise it for quite a long time, even to my own family. Um, and that was very difficult to sit down and say, listen, this is what has happened, and there's no point in you talking to me. I'm not, like, here to discuss my problem. I'm just here to tell you this is what I have decided. And this may be difficult for you to handle, that I'm not looking for help or advice. I just want you to know. And if you can support me through it, great. And if you can't, it's not going to change my decision. It, it was more difficult for him because he hadn't made the decision. It, the, he made the decision to marry. He would have worked at it. There's no guarantee that it would have ever lasted. But he, the decision to continue working at it was taken away from him. And I think that was very difficult for him. We each had our own difficulties, but there were very different difficulties. Um, the, the announcement that we each had to make to our respective families and, and friends was a very different announcement. Um, certainly, like, after some time and talking about it and maybe analysing it or whatever, we can both acknowledge that both of us made a mistake. We should not have gotten married. The, the decision to, to end the marriage was a right decision. But at the time, when it's very new and very raw, it's a very different experience and it does take a long, long time to come to terms with it and to be able to announce to anybody and everybody that, yes, I was once married but I am no longer. Because I think it's very important that people do come out and talk about it. And people like myself who did rush in, who, for whom it, it lasted a very short time, people like myself should also talk about it because it is a very real human experience. It is something that when somebody's ego is, is as low as mine was at the time I met this man, it's a very nice option that here's this really nice, warm, generous man who's going to take me away and look after me and nobody's going to be able to hurt me again. And even at 24, it might sound like the response of a 15-year-old, but when you're as low as that, even at that age, it was a very nice option. And I can still see why I went in, even though it was, it was wrong. I can still see why. Last night I waited up it seemed forever And I'm not even sure When he came in To make things worse He never tried to wake me 
and offered no excuse for where he'd been. Cathy was going out with her boyfriend when she was 20. She married him three years later and they were happy enough for a while. And then they drifted. Well, I was 23 when I got married and uh, I'd known my partner for about three years before that. And I honestly think, looking back on it now, that a lot of the reason why I got married was because my parents had died when I was very young and uh, I was looking for a home. And, I mean, obviously that's not to say that I didn't feel I loved the person at the time, but I don't think I thought enough about what I was doing. And uh, 23 seems old enough to some people, but I think a lot of the time uh, we change a lot from then until, uh, you know, the 30s. And um, that's what happened with us, that um, we were very happy for the first couple of years and bought a nice MED and spent our time doing it up and the usual kind of thing. And then after a while, that didn't seem to be the best and we were a good bit out of town. So we decided to sell that and buy a house in town and do it up. And it was really then, I think, that the cracks started to appear. And it was as if this moving was uh, a substitute for doing something else, that we weren't actually facing the fact that there were problems. And uh, we both seemed to have different interests and more and more uh, we, we drifted apart as regards going out with friends and this kind of thing. And um, you couldn't really put your finger on any specific moment when it suddenly began to go wrong because it was just a, a gradual slide downhill. And I don't think an awful lot of people are geared to talk about personal relationships. So you don't actually sit down and say, look, you know, things are going wrong when there wasn't actually a fight or anything like that. If you were having fights every day of the week, well, it'd be a different matter. But um, that wasn't happening. So it was just, uh, you know, maybe it's a patch. Maybe everybody feels like this. And I don't think, honestly, that anybody discusses enough what people do in relationships. So you don't have anything else to gear it on. And you think everybody else's is very happy and that they're quite content with this kind of a relationship so that you should be content with it too. So that was the, as I say, it was a gradual slide downhill. And it's very hard now to remember the happy moments, but there were very happy moments and... I'm still very fond of my ex-partner, you know, because we went through a lot together and we had a lot of good times as well as the bad times. And there weren't that many bad times really either. And, uh, you know, finally, uh, when he came to me and said to me he wanted to leave, it was still a bolt from the blue. Because, uh, as I say, it had never seemed that bad. Things hadn't been that good, but there hadn't been any major rows. So I couldn't really comprehend what was happening. And I think it's, you know, it's in common with most people that the person that is left behind actually doesn't know why for a long time. And they can blame an awful lot of things, but when they sit down and look at it from hindsight, uh, they should have been able to read the signals as they went along. Now, when you look back, as I suppose you do from time to time, on the period of your marriage and uh, 
the time you spent with your husband. Uh, can you see now how things went wrong or why they went wrong? Yeah, well, there was a combination of things. Um, uh, for instance, as I said, I, I probably hadn't thought enough about it before I went into it. Um, I mean, the week before the wedding, I actually thought about calling it off, but presumed that this was what everybody else says is uh, nerves. And I've talked to a lot of people since who have said to me, look, you know, we had a real crisis beforehand and I should have obeyed my instincts. But, you know, you're, you're afraid of what people will think at that stage as well. And it's, it's so silly because um, a lot of the things you do in your life is because of other people instead of what, you know, if you even if you'd said, look, leave it for a month and we'll think about it, it might have just been the right thing to do. But um, we really didn't have enough in common. And, uh, you know, we actually, you know, if, you, if it was, we sort of made each other worse in a lot of ways. Um, like he was, he wasn't possessive, but he would be very dismissive of some of my friends and wouldn't particularly want me going out with them and this kind of thing. And, you know, I, I felt I had to live up to his idea of the way I should be. And then he became involved in um, meditation and uh you know, he he started going away for weekends with the crowd, and you know he was he became a vegetarian, and um, you know changed his lifestyle as well. So we were two people on two totally different planes, and obviously, if that continues for a certain length of time, you just grow apart from each other, and uh, you're surviving without each other. Many partners reach their own conclusions and opt out of marriage without counselling. Others seek the advice of a counsellor, and oftentimes this can prevent the development of a cul-de-sac situation before the communication system breaks down. That's where relationship counsellors like Fran Dean can often save a marriage. In counselling, when you're talking about emotional problems and communication problems, you generally ask open questions because you're looking for information. Um, for example, you wouldn't say to somebody, are you angry? That's a very closed question, and the answer to that is yes or no. You might say, what are you angry about? And that leads into a, a dialogue that they can express themselves. When you're talking about sexual matters, you're actually asking very explicit, closed questions so that you get the information you want like. If a couple are saying um, sex is bad, you say, OK, when do you have sex? That's a very easy one to answer. You can say in the morning, in the evening, at the weekends, on a Sunday night, on a Monday night, whenever. Um, what happens when you go upstairs, downstairs, when you go to the bedroom? How, how do you get undressed? Is the light on? Is the light off? Um, do you make love with covered up in the duvet or do you make love with the duvet back? That's a yes and no answer. They can, that's very clear. It, it's making it easier for the couple not to be embarrassed and it's giving the permission to talk easily about sex. Uh, who makes the first move? How do you make the first move? Who touches what? And you're very clear about the, about calling things like a penis, a vagina, breasts, um, or whatever language they might be familiar with, um, 
because I always remember in, in our early training um, being put through the the whole gamut of all the colloquial terms for the genitals, par- private parts of the body, and being shocked out of your mind at some of them. But you have to know them all because some people have different ways of expressing themselves. So you know all that, but you're actually asking very clear, specific questions so that the most important thing is that people feel it's easy to talk about sex. And actually, when you ask like that, it is dead easy. You find out exactly how they get through their lovemaking in a very short space of time and they're not embarrassed in doing it because you're asking them, what exactly do you do? It's not complicated. It's do you do this? Who touches what? How do you kiss? How do you have intercourse? Who's on top? What positions do you use? You know, so and this is over a period of time, of course. You don't all blast this at them straight at one go. But um, clear, explicit questions are important when you're talking about sex. Louise, Cathy and Sharon have all gone from their partners and now find themselves in new situations. Is Louise happy now? I've had a fairly good time since I separated. You know, things have gone well for me. Now, would you enter into relationships again? I wouldn't have any problem about entering into a relationship because um, I feel as if I never really had a relationship so <laughs> I think it would be nice for me, you know, to actually really have uh, a sense of co- companionship with somebody. You know, I, I have no deep or bitter animosity against the opposite sex or anything like that, or I don't feel as if they've, they are my worst enemy. You know, I, I get on very well with, with men. I always have. I have a good rapport with people and with men as well. So it wouldn't... Uh, I wouldn't feel bad about it. I feel that it's quite a treacherous area, you know, that uh, I certainly would need to be strong um, and capable of handling it. But um, I'm quite happy to be, uh, you know, have men friends or to be involved in a relationship and that sort of thing. So it doesn't... I don't have any great uh, fears or any great hatreds or anything like that or aggression towards men For Sharon the final papers for separation are now on the way process now of getting a separation, I mean it's taken us until this time to get around to sorting out the paperwork and stuff, it, it, like it's taken an awful long time for, for each of us to deal with the emotions um, to think about how how we want to think about subsequent relationships when and if either of us go into them um, and it's only in the last year, like after the relationship had broken up for six years that we sat down and decided what kind of a, of a separation agreement we would want and have had it drawn up um, obviously we don't have a divorce but it, it's something I look forward to getting just for the psychological freedom I mean I'm still tied on paper and in law to this man to whom I was married for a very short time having made a very foolish decision and all these years later we are still t- so bound up together and it, it's not some, a position that either of us would, would wish to be in And then there was Cathy, whose husband's announcement of his departure came like a bolt from the blue. 
I'm extremely happy. I would say I'm a much happier person than I ever was before, and I'm I'm able to live on my own. Um, you know, I mean, I, I I do have a relationship now, but I had lived by myself for quite some years and was very happy by myself and, you know, found other interests and um, realised that I was a much stronger person than I'd ever given myself credit for before. And I think the whole way through my marriage that I was actually downtrodden in a lot of ways, that I didn't achieve a lot of the things I should have achieved. And, I mean, now I'm um, studying at night for a degree and, uh, you know, in general, my life is uh, a much better and more rounded life than it was then. And I've a lot more peace of mind than I ever had there.